episode 30 uh without richard this is like where we talk about him that was like the thing at, at high school when i was in high school like many many 20 something 30 years ago 25 years ago i think i graduated um it was you know if you didn't want to be talked about you better be there <laughs> all right so it's like uh richard's not at the party let's talk about him <laughs> <laughs> ah so uh anyway i'm Adam, and with me always is Roy. Hey, I'm uh, Roy from Holland, Michigan, and uh, it's finally, uh, there's no more snow left anymore. Although last weekend I was in northern Michigan, and they still have snow there and ice on the on the lake. You were up by the wall? I was, yes. <laughs> uh, we had tornadoes today in Mississippi and power outages and all kinds of fun stuff. Well, I've had to deal with that my whole life, and I, every single time it happens, I'm like, I really, really uh, want to move somewhere where there are no um, tornadoes. Cause well, they're not so I grew up in Iowa, which is kind of on the eastern edge of Tornado Alley. So there, there was a few, uh, you know, kind of white-knuckle moments with uh, uh, tornadoes and things. So I'm I'm somewhat familiar with them. Yeah, I could go on and on, but, you know, hey, that's why people tune into this podcast is to hear about the weather. <laughs> so <laughs> we have a sponsorship from AlterDementia.com. He has been kind enough to give us this great, great discount code for 3D printing. You go to his little website, find out whatever you want. He'll print it, ship it to you, and there's multiple ways to do it. He has stuff for sale, or I think you can upload your designs, whatever you want. And, um, yeah, and our uh, discount code is COG2019. So and Mike has um, – he has licenses with Fat Dragon Games and Ill-Gotten Games. And so they uh, they do the design and he does the printing. And I actually, when I played uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics at his house the other day, I uh, used one of his very nice dice towers. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we have a whole thing I guess we'll talk about at the end of the show. Is that where we're we're supposed to yeah. talk about that? All right. Yeah, I think, well, so uh, Mike is going to have a contest. Uh, he's going to kind of do it in conjunction with us. So uh, this is going to be a drawing for a 3D-printed red dragon from Fat Dragon Games. And if you go over there to alterdementia.com, you can see that. Um, so at the end of the show, we're going to have a trivia question. And if you, the answer to that trivia question is a single word. And if you go to alterdementia.com, you can find the, the enter the drawing and put in that single word. And uh, then Mike will collect all those drawings and he'll give it to us and we'll draw one on air. So, and while you're over there, you know, check out all the stuff that he's got for sale. And use that discount code to save yourself money. 
COG 2019. So we usually start out the show with what we're playing uh, lately. And uh, yeah, for me, as I spoke uh, last episode, I, w- I joined an Ultimate Frisbee uh, thing and I'm still alive, which is always good. Um, it was a hell of a lot of work, though. I, I have to say, I was the oldest guy out there by far and the guy in the worst shape by far. And, um, yeah, these guys are all around mid-20s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're doing, you know, American Ninja Warrior shit out there. You know, they're jumping and diving and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm like, running around going, oh, please don't, you know, blow out my ACL or my knee or, or something. Can, so, so can you explain to the unsports-minded what Ultimate Frisbee is? Well, the weird, thing, the weird thing is it's a combination of a bunch of sports. But, see, I don't watch sports, so I'm not that good at this, but I'll try. It's essentially like uh, soccer or hockey in the sense that you are moving this puck, ball, whatever. It's a disc. You're moving it uh, down the field. However, when you catch it, nobody can tackle you or anything. But um, you cannot move. So you have to, your guys on your team are, are trying to run out and whatever where you can throw the uh, thing to them. And uh, yeah, it, it's really neat that way. Oh, and you don't throw it in a goal like hockey or soccer. You, you have to catch it in an end zone like football. You can't okay. run it. You can't run it into the goal because remember, once you have it in your hand, you can't move. Mm-hmm. So um, you have to throw it to someone who is in the end zone, quote unquote, and uh, there you go, and you uh, score point that way. So it, I guess maybe the best analogy would be rugby, because like you can can you throw it backwards too? Yes. Okay. So maybe yeah maybe that's it. Um, well, you can run the ball in rugby, though. Right, um, but yeah. you can throw it backwards in rugby, I believe, can't you? Yeah, I think okay. so. <laughs> All right. I'm not the best person to ask. Oh, yeah, neither neither am I. <laughs> but, um, we know you don't come here for sports talk. Yeah. It was a lot of fun, and, I mean, look, I wasn't going to have any shame. I'm not out there to impress anybody. You know, any, you know, I'm old enough to be these people's fathers and stuff, so I'm like... Um, I'm like, okay, sub, and I, I'd go out, and they'd be like, hey, Adam, do you want to come back in? Nope, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you, man. Yeah, so it was good. I'll be back out there uh, Sunday, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to see how it goes. So have any of them asked you to buy you beer, buy them beer yet? Uh, no, they're all that old, <laughs> you know, oh, okay. at least. Okay. And, uh, the, weird, the weird thing is becoming more aware of this thing. It's like this huge phenomenon. It's like if you like look it up online, you see like where all these colleges have teams. Mm-hmm. There's a, a pro uh, thing for it and all this stuff. Yeah, a lot of them are former college players that like went to college on a scholarship to a Mississippi school for playing Ultimate. I was like, wow. An ultimate frisbee scholarship? <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's it sounds very white and affluent, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I get that's probably pretty accurate. Uh, My nephew plays on a team on a college team, but I don't. Yeah, that's I all I know about it is what you've just told me. <laughs> but anyway, I find it fun. I'll go back. Uh, oh, good. The, 
the only other thing, um, was it miniature? Yeah, it was Miniature Market, not cool stuff. Miniature Market had a sale on um, a lot of different stuff from like Cool Mini or not, and I found this game I really dug called Rivet Wars on there. Okay, it's like Chibi World War One steampunk mm-hmm. kind of thing, and that's like right up my alley. I'm like, wow, I've never heard of this game, and so I watched a couple of reviews of it, and people seem to like it. It's it's pretty nice, it's pretty tactical, and uh, a lot of fun to play. So I pulled the trigger on it and got a, a couple of boxes. I uh, got the main box set and one expansion. I didn't want to go crazy, because I, I will, if left unattended, I will go crazy <laughs> and just buy it all, because, ooh, it's a deal, it's half off. And, uh, yeah. I would also point out, like, this was a Kickstarter game, and I just paid, like, uh, le- less than half retail for it. Oh, wow. All right. You know, so. There was a, a Game Boy game that kind of had the same kind of style to it. There was an oh, RTS sort of game. Advance Wars. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Uh-huh. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, this is looks a lot like Advance Wars. Of course, it's more themed toward, like, World War One. Because mm-hmm. you see the guys with, like, the little spiked helmets, and, you know, they're flying, like, biplanes or triplanes and stuff. But anyway. Yeah. Those are cool-looking uh, figures. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk about possibly bringing it to uh, Dice Tower Con when we get to that Dice Tower Con section in a minute. Wait, what? Are you going to Dice Tower Con? Oh, yeah. I didn't tell oh. you. Yes, I will. I'll be there. Awesome. I'm going there, too. Well, cool. That'll be really cool. Too bad Richard's not going. Oh well, we we could all meet up, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I have I haven't heard from him that he was going, so I don't know. <laughs> anyway, he really is uh, going. So, oh, you uh, you you played uh, Star Wars Legion lately, right? I'm, I'm going to. Oh. I'm 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 ramped up about this. So uh, my friend Dana said, "Hey, I'm kind of interested in trying this out. So how come you haven't have your figures painted yet?" So I've, he's cracking the whip on me. I've, I've been getting stuff done. Although a lot of the figures that I have are still in black primer, which uh, more on that later. Or I guess I could talk about it now, too. Um, I had a priming mishap. The, this past Sunday, I wanted to get some figures painted to get them primed. And so I grabbed a can of paint and I had uh, I took all of my figures and I with a like a very fine drill bit and a drill press. I drilled a little hole in the bottom of the foot and then I stuck a little fine nail in a board and then put everything on this, on this, uh, you know, in the hole in the foot so I could prime it. So I grabbed a can of paint and I started painting. And that was when I realized after it came out all weird and gross and clumpy (laughs) that I had not shaken up the can. So damn it. You got to shake up the can of spray paint. Or else you're going to be sad. Yeah. Did it turn? Was it like furry looking? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's that, and like if the temperature and the humidity has to do. There's a whole thing with it. Uh, in my limited experience uh, with priming my own stuff, and like seeing friends and people complain about it, like online, it, it's a whole thing. Uh, with the the temperature and the humidity and all this thing, and yeah, you have to shake the shit out of like the uh, mm-hmm. the rattle can, just like con- you just fl- for like you know twenty minutes before you you hit it. But um, yeah, so I, 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 hate I did not that. do that, and I was like, oh no, I've I've ruined them. But so lesson one, 
shake up the can. Lesson two is that the plastic that the figures are made out of will survive a briefest of, of contacts with acetone. So the, um, you know, the, the, the solvent-based spray paint, uh, I managed to get the fuzzy stuff off with a toothbrush and uh, some acetone. So dip in acetone and scrub the crap out of it. And then I had an air compressor and blew all the, all the uh, excess acetone off of it because I didn't know, you know, like the Games Workshop figures are styrene. And if you put acetone and styrene together, you get, you know, something half melted. Yep. So, yep. Um, but the Legion figures will survive, you know, and I don't know if the, how how safe they are, but so like even like the 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 little uh, you know the fine rifle barrels and everything didn't like melt or anything. So that's good. Yeah, I managed to save it. Um, and then uh, I guess the third thing I learned is you don't use the toothbrush afterwards to brush your teeth because <laughs> you end up with black black teeth <laughs> and a funny taste in your mouth. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say that's like a whole other thing, not the toothbrushing, but, uh, how to strip paint. And mm -hmm. there are people that swear by different things and whatnot. Yep. Uh, from my own limited experience, um, if metal figures, obviously no plastic, if it's just solid metal, uh, oven cleaner. Okay. Now you but, had talked about brake fluid too, and I tried doing that and I did not have any luck with getting the paint off. Yeah. It's, you, you're supposed to let it soak. And then uh, brush it, you know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, you know, it, it all varies to how long it has to soak and stuff like that. But, again, with, like, both of those things, you run into, like, health problems. You know, mm -hmm. brake, brake fluid's toxic. Um, oven cleaner will mess up your lungs. You know, all this different stuff. The most eco-friendly and safe thing to do is uh, Simple Green. Yep. And that'll work on plastic, too. Yes. And, uh, but essentially, you know, you've got to let it soak. I mean, it's no danger. I finally dumped out some Tyranids in my garage I had forgotten about. I literally had them soaking in Simple Green for at least three months. So did the and... paint just peel right off of it then, or no? <laughs> Actually, see, that's what's so annoying is, like, some of it, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, but some of it, no. It was just like it had. they had been soaking in nothing, you know? I'm, you know, I'm like, ah, I really wish somebody would invent something that's just like, Ugh just poof instantly so now of, uh, that was acrylic paint though right oh, probably i mean i bought okay. them second hand so i don't mm. know this what do what is model paint made out of it's yeah it's like a water base acrylic i guess that I seems mean, to that... be like the most common because i know like yeah. it'll it'll get on your clothes and and whatnot and yeah okay mm-hmm Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's been my experience with that. Oh, and locally, a, a guy has struck the match and lit the fuse for Star Wars Legion. People have suddenly bought in, and it's it's taking off. All uh, right, so I'm excited. I have like half the rebel. I have the rebel half of the starter painted, mm -hmm. ready to go. Even magnetized the little Walker guy. Okay. Yep. But um, but honestly. I want to do a uh, a snowtrooper force, you know, just do a snow force. That's what I was telling uh, Richard. I wanted to do the dewbacks and just paint them white. <laughs> oh, the you know the dewbacks I think will look cool. Like you could go the whole chromatic dragon route too. Oh, you know, do cool. the red and the white and blue and all this other kind of stuff. 
Um, yeah, I, mean, I wonder what the lore is. And again, we're that podcast that makes you scream at your radio because we don't know anything um, about the Dubacks. Were they locally sourced on Tatooine? Tatooine. Or- or did they have them like in a little uh, hamster cage like thing on the Death Star? Oh, that's the, a good uh, point. Destroyer. Yeah, I don't know. They, they had to coax them into the shuttle to land. You know, they're all scared and they're pooping everywhere as they come <laughs> flying down. You know, I don't know. I don't know. You maybe, just maybe you reach into the basket of Minox and you throw a Minox into the into the maw of the uh, <laughs> of the Dewback. Uh, incidentally, they just get. Get there, oh. and they were like, "Hey, can we? Uh, we need to go out in the desert. What can we ride?" And they're like, "Well, we got these big lizard things. All right, sounds good." <laughs> so, uh, speaking of painting Legion, uh, I see that uh, just today that they are releasing a uh, three different paint sets. This is from this is official Star Wars Legion paint sets from Fantasy Flight Games, uh, releasing for quarter three. So probably going to debut at uh, Gen Con, I would guess. Um, so they have like a base set, an Imperial set and a, and a, uh, rebel set, um, of, of Star Wars Legion specific colors. That's cool. Now I did see where, uh, some local guys were complaining because there, I think there are quote unquote, the army painter Mm -hmm. is, is where it comes from. And not that many people, you know, are into that or into like, uh, those particular types of paint, so I don't know. And so those are more for historicals. I I don't know, but apparently they don't work as well. I and I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's I know people like GW paints, but they dry out. Is uh, and they're expensive. Is mm-hmm. is the big complaint? Um, I've heard people say good things about the Privateer line, and then. There was another one. I want to say Battlefront, whoever does theirs, but I'm not sure. Sadly, I don't paint, so I don't know. Oh, well. yeah. I don't but, paint uh, well. It's the thought that counts. The oh, fact well. that you, know, you, you have it, and it's done, and it's on the table. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually posted uh, on Twitter. I guess I'll link this in the show notes. Anything we talk about will be linked in the show notes. Uh, Spiky Bits uh, had did... Uh, an article about like oh you know woe is the professional painter you know he's mistreated and underpaid and blah 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 so i just did a little response to it i'm like well you know let me respond i've been paying people to paint stuff for uh 20 years at least right now and yeah it's yeah they're they are whatever but i mean the consumer suffers as well man it's they always flake out. Always. <laughs> always. It doesn't matter, you know, sooner or later. It may take years, but eventually they'll flake out. They will take on, most of them take on too much stuff and can't meet their deadlines. So, I mean, I think I currently employ three, um, is, is what I said. Uh, with, you know, one guy specializes in small, um, historicals uh one guy's local they're the best I always go with the local guy where you know where he lives so you can like if you haven't heard from him in a while he's pound on his door you, ducking you yeah uh-huh. hey you know come on out and also do not ever prepay because they have once they have your money they have no incentive to actually finish the work so yeah. you could put down a small deposit and that's about it because that whole thing is is motivating, you know. They're where mm-hmm. they're like, oh yeah, I need to get that money, you know, when I'm done. Yeah, I was. 
I was doing some side work for a guy and he's like, do you want me to pay you now? I said, no, <laughs> because if, if I, if, you know, if you hang on to that, then I have an incentive to like, to get this stuff done. So, yeah. Know, so, but yeah, anyway, small rant over. <laughs> so, uh, moving on to like, what's on your radar. And the first thing I have is, uh, Ragnarok, which is a heavy metal combat in the Viking age. From Osprey Games, I'm, I'm assuming they're kind of getting on to that sweet saga money, but then I go through and like look at the uh, images and stuff, and there's some kind of like undead bear or something, a dire bear. Okay, so this is kind of like Vikings versus kind of like magic kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know that's kind of the difference. Uh, I did see where people are already like kind of getting tournaments and stuff together for this oh. uh, so the, I guess they've moved pretty quick I know this came out uh, this article was from I mean it's about a week ago but uh, yeah and I started watching The Last Kingdom on Netflix today and I really dig that I've seen the first season of that that's what I'm on that's okay. the first season I had no idea it was based on the books by Bernard Cornwell Cromwell whichever Mm-hmm. The guy that did the Sharps Rifle series. Uh, so I really like the Sharps Rifle series, so maybe this will be cool. And it is, uh, you know, based on historical events, I think. Yeah, yeah, it, it tries to be pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. But Ragnarok here, you know, the Viking apocalypse has happened, the gods are dead, and yeah. You must assemble a war band and do your best to advance them to a state of godhood. So, so the cover is a Viking uh, in the same pose as in Gladiator. Are you not entertained? Yeah, I was that thinking, c- come at me, bro. Yeah. Yep. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I've, the Osprey stuff is usually done pretty well. I don't know who wrote this one, but, uh, yeah, seems pretty mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. So, The next thing uh, we have is it slowly uh, loads up. Because I'm like wondering, like, why did I? Put, I hate it when it's just a URL. I'm like, why did I put this on here? And then I click on it. Oh yeah, from TradersGalaxy.com.au, they have essentially done a not Transformers miniature game, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what it is. Even includes some not GI Joe in there. Uh, they're in the democracy oh, the section. Corp? Uh, okay. Yeah, because it's a snake. If you click on democracy, apparently they're doing 15 millimeter GI Joe. I'm sorry, I missed this. Holy shit, I need to place an order right now. We're, <laughs> I don't even care if there are rules. This is awesome. 15 millimeter GI Joe. Uh, wow, that is cool. Golly, it'll cost me like $200 to ship it to the U.S. I swear. Oh no. But if you look on the Deceivers, that would be the Decepticons. Um. It's like, yeah, the weird thing is, it's like, if you look at them, they're, like, vague enough to go, like, that kind of looks like so-and-so, but then they're also vague enough to not get sued. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, some of them are going to be kind of, like, public domain type stuff, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, because you can't really copyright, like, a VW bug or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I'm not seeing, like, an obvious Megatron or, like, an obvious... um, Optimus, but some of them like Scourge and um, Ratchet and some of those is I, I kind of see. 
and then it, yeah, it's a robot I mean, and it turns into a floor lamp. <laughs> that's a that's a handy one, but yeah, <laughs> uh, it, they also have like the King Gills command tank. That's that's obviously a Cobra something. It looks. <sighs> They did this really, really well to skirt copyright, I have to say. It's like you look at it and you go, that looks a hell of a lot like something. I can't place what it is, but then I guess it's it's you know just vague enough to not get sued. So, wow, I had no idea they got G.I. Joe. I'm going to have to look at that. Oh, there's a, there's an SR-71. Oh, yeah, that was the Night, the Night Raven. The Night Raven, yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. This is called look. the Night Bird. It was the Cobra Raven. There's no haven from the Cobra Raven. It's got two jet engines, a drop-down cockpit, hidden bomb port. Now you know. Yeah. <laughs> I get the worst jingles stuck in my head. I can't tell you, like, you know, how many times I've, like, woken up and, like, the Nerf Boomerang commercial mm-hmm. is is in my head from, like, 1988. You know, Nerf Boomerang. Uh, but yeah, you you always get me with those, and yeah, I the GI Joe ones especially I can sing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see Ratchet there, and uh, oh, these are cool. Dad, I'm gonna have to order some. I think they got a rule book. We got free shipping when I spend two hundred Australian or more. How much is two hundred Australian in, in freedom dollars? Oh, I don't uh, I don't know. You think it's less or more? Okay, that's a hundred and thirty-nine dollars and ninety-seven cents in freedom dollars. Okay. So, all right, I got I got that on my side. So, we'll see, we'll see. The great thing it would be great is that like, oh yeah, we'll be at Dice Tower Con. Come on by, and I'm like, yeah, because I want to watch a demo or something. But we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> um, uh, the uh the next thing we had is the for what remains which uh, has been uh, canceled. This was a head-scratcher for me. Oh, well... It's so close to passing. It was. And um, honestly, what people complained about uh, more than anything was like their... all All you could do was basically just get one copy of it and uh, the other thing was you can get everything, and that's it. There was there were no other options, so it wasn't doing that well. Because and, there's uh, not enough different levels of of uh, of backer. Well, I, I saw that is is being like one of um, uh, one of the the reasons why. Mm-hmm. It was canceled, and you know some other people were kind of complaining about. Well, it's, it's like real similar to you know this other game, which is cheaper and and blah blah blah, and uh, yeah. But yeah, it was basically two hundred dollars for the base game and three expansions, and it was a square encounter game. It's not even a hex encounter. I'm oh, sorry, four expansions, and uh, yeah. And, of course, if they actually, the expansions actually did have an MSRP of 60, then, yeah, I mean, that that is a good deal, but, and there's a ton of cardboard, but, eh, I mean, are you, are you actually, I guess maybe some people are becoming more realistic about Kickstarters. It's like, wow, $200 plus shipping, you know, or, or whatever. And you just don't get that much content based on, like, uh, other games. I think it got canceled. It was about 93% funded, and they were just like, you know, 
You know, it and, looks vaguely like Heroclix when you say square encounter. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I think, okay, the official statement was the design was not well constructed as it could have been. It did not do justice to David's elegant design. We felt it better to end the campaign, listen to player feedback, and construct a better presentation of the game world that uh, David had created. So, you know, uh, there you go. So about an, they'll retool it and launch it in about another month. My friend Chris asked me about DVG games the other day. Uh, I own none. Most of them... He does a lot of, like, solitaire and stuff like that. I do want some. He does uh, the U-Boat... U-Boat Leader, Gato Leader, which is based in the um, Mediterranean, I think. And, or the Pacific, I'm not sure. I think Gato is Italian. Anyway. Uh, but, yeah, he, he's a very kind of niche type guy and he has a pretty good cult following but um yeah i i don't own any so mm. there you go uh the, also that said friend brought to my attention the next thing we have the gym and the staff have you ever heard of this no i have not i was reading through this it's uh it's tournament it's a tournament play module for dungeons and dragons and it is um it's the players. It's head-to-head style tournament play with players separately playing the same adventure and competing against each other for points earned by accomplishing certain goals. The adventure is only playable with one dungeon master and one player. So that's kind of neat, and uh, I spent some time like researching into this and like the way things were before they were now. There used to be like kind of like a whole thing of people buying modules and playing them. Like, you know, I'd run into you, Roy, and and say like, "Oh man, the uh, did you get the uh, the castle of the moldy couch?" And you're like, "Yeah. Well, what did you do to get past the troll in the basement?" And so we would like kind of compare notes on how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so now nobody really does that. Because I, I feel confident in saying 98% of the time that you sit down to play Dungeons & Dragons, you are playing some guy's homebrewed bullshit. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or it's a... It, you are playing the module, but it's been modified either lightly or heavily. To so fit in with it's, what it's, you're playing already. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's just like, well, you know... And I, I've heard guys say, like, I always modify them because anybody can buy this module and read it. And then figure out like the hooks and what they're you know supposed to do to get around this or whatever, and so eh, I don't know. I just kind of thought that was neat that people used to kind of compare notes on completing a uh, a module, you know, kind of like it was like a video game. You know, how did you get past the boss? You know, how did you kill the red dragon? What did you do? Mm-hmm. So that's just neat. But just the idea of one versus one Dungeons and Dragons, you know, tournament style play is really neat. So everybody um, plays with the same character. Yes, I guess. Uh-huh. I, I guess so. And um, I, I assume you'd roll it up and you could be, you know... Well, course, I thought it was a pregen. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. This is... I'm sorry. This is... This would be... This is 84. So is that second edition? Um, no, I think you're still in first. You're kind of at the... Kind of the in-between... Uh, yeah, okay. it's kind of the, the the low point in between first and second. 
You know, I'd kind of like to, to look for a copy of this. You know, I bet they have it on, like, Drive Through RPG. They they license pretty much everything. Oh, yeah, they do. And I'll, I'll link that in the show notes uh, where you can get it. Uh, it's currently on sale for $4.24. You can buy the, the whole basic thing there. And, uh, yeah. Said prior to 1983, all the basic D&D adventures had been coded with either a B for basic adventures or X for expert. And this is considered a a B for basic. So this one. I'm looking on eBay here, and uh, this looks like you can have, get it for about 14 bucks. The hard copy. Shipped? Okay. Well, you know, it depends on the seller. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I'd argue like, come on, just ship it media mail. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Dude, I love all that old D and D artwork. I do. It 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 always fascinated me, like seeing it, like at you know on the club at the the gaming club or in the shop, you know, somebody's house. It's just always very attractive, and yeah. Although I see somebody's trying to sit, trying to move one for sixty bucks, <laughs> plus four fifty shipping. So Boy. good luck with that guy. No lie. Uh, the next thing we had was, and I may actually end up backing this because I think it's really cool. It is Bag of Dungeon, a yeah. mini fantasy adventure game in a bag. Uh-huh. Uh, it's on Kickstarter. They wanted a measly thirteen grand. They're up to just under twenty five grand, and they have twenty uh, one days to go. So it's it's been met. Let's see, for 25 pounds, which is 33 bucks, I get a sealed copy of this game, plus three bonuses delivered anywhere in the world. In addition, you will receive two special cards, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so this game has a simple but clever mechanic. Great for young or new gamers to learn fast and take part, while still giving more experienced gamers a satisfying time at the table. It's about 20 to 60 minutes, and uh, changes every time you play. Uh, I, to me, it looks like kind of like what I've talked about forever doing is a um, a minimalist type dungeon crawl. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the the tiles are small. You know, you're using uh, just little colored blocks. You're moving it around. You can play it alone or with up to four players. You can work as a team or turn on your fellow adventurers. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's your standard stuff for a dungeon crawl and it just goes in a bag the object of the game is to get in get the ring of creation and get out precious so yeah get the precious yeah Mm -hmm. i mean it just looks really cool and simple yeah and so see now this is where you run into the thing of okay it is funded so technically they don't need my money but what if i really want to play this so um I'll back it so I can get it, you know, a month to six or nine before uh, anybody else, before it goes to retail, and uh, then just put it on my shelf and not play it. Or I could wait till it actually makes it to retail, buy it probably less than this, and put it on my shelf and not play it. So those are my decisions. <laughs> so either way, you're not going to play it then. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a given, but okay. let's just see if we, if we add this to the collection. I, now, you can support it for a pound, or like I said, the 33, you get this plus the collectibles, and the only other option is you could do 40 pounds, and you get a dice tower. 
And then past that, you know, you start getting into multiples and blah, 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 you know, so. I don't know. I I own a dice tower. I really rarely ever use it. I kind of bring it out when we're playing games with the kids or something because they think it's neat. But uh, other than that, I just don't see a dice tower as, you know, as kind of a an add-on well, that I would... That's me, though. You know where you I can would, get a really cool dice tower is from AlterDimension.com. Really? Yeah. Can 3D print that? Yeah, I believe you can. Do you have a discount code or anything for It's them? a COG 2019. For how much do I get off? Yeah, I believe it's 20%. Wow, so that's nice. Could be yours. Maybe it's, yeah, I don't know how that, the, let's see. $33 versus $52. So that means that uh, $21. I wonder if okay. uh, Mike can get you a dice tower for $21, especially with that discount code. I feel like you can, but you'll have to go to alterdementia.com. And uh, yeah, it's got a bunch of, it's got some numbers in there. Just look at it in the share notes so mm-hmm. you go to the right one. So, uh, moving on, somebody actually posted on my uh, Facebook today about, uh, are you familiar, familiar with the cartoon Dino Riders? Uh, no. Well, maybe. It's It was basically like they took like your regular dinosaur, plastic dinosaur toy that people would have, and then they stuck all this armor and missiles and shit all over it. And there you go. You had the good guys versus the bad guys. I mean, these these poor like brontosauruses and stuff are just like brimming with like guns. The and... carnivores versus the uh, the 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 word escapes me. The plantosaurs. What the uh, the herbivores? Oh, er- herbivores. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, they didn't go along those lines. Okay. I know. I know this may this may sound weird, Roy, but this children's cartoon was not scientifically scientifically accurate. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. Is there? There's a uh, what it looks like a sloth or a bear maybe figure. Uh, see what I uh, what in which one the dino riders the, the no in this uh, um, this what the dinosaur the primeval oh, yeah. clash. I'm sorry, audience. We got way off. I went off on an 80s tangent. Oh. Was in with dino riders. Roy's trying to steer the ship back, you know, away from the rocks. Well, how I what don't know about that about is uh, primeval. Primeval Clash. This is uh, it will be on Kickstarter the time at the probably around the time you hear this. I believe it's supposed to launch on the tenth, and I really dig it. Like I said, it reminds me of Dino Riders from the eighties, but this is unfortunately not futuristic. This is uh, primitive. So you have these guys running around um, on. It's basically kind of ancient societies, but it's also kind of all over the map because they have, like, the ancient uh, Egyptian empire in there, but they also have, like, a colonial British empire. So you've got these guys with, like, you know, Martini Henry rifles on top of, like, a Stegosaurus or whatever. See, I was reminded of Dinotopia, the books. Oh, yeah. My, My brother loved those growing up. That is very true. Although these are, instead of them, like, moving, um, you know, carpets and stuff around and goods, they're fighting, you know, you know these other ones here. It's sort of like giant Pokemon set in history. <laughs> hmm? I don't know. It says, uh, oh, it says it does tap into the madness of 80s cartoons, as well as Pulp-style stories. 
Dinosaurs, or at least dino-like monsters, are not new in games, but the idea of a skirmish game, which is entirely focused upon them and their role as a cavalry unit, is an interesting one. You know, I will say, I've had small-scale skirmish fatigue, and we've been seeing a lot of that on Kickstarter, and this is original. Now, the only thing, the only thing that will stop me from uh, backing this is going to be price. And I'm actually trying to interview. Which we don't you guys know anything from... about yet. Okay. Uh, no, it launches tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, as the time you read this, you'll it, it should be up, and I'll put an accurate link in the uh, show notes. It is a U.S. company, which means yay, my, you know, freedom dollars and what up. Although I love it when they're Canadian because it goes even further. Um, the only other thing would be oh, two things with money. Number one. Their goal is too high. Like we could look at this thing tomorrow, and they they like I need two point five million dollars to do this dino game. Mm. And um, the other thing would be just the buy-in is is too high. You know, it could be like, well, I kind of want to get a little starter thing in the rule book, and they'll be like, well, that's five hundred dollars. So that would stop me. If it's a reasonable price, I would. I really dig this. I imagine these guys would paint up really well. I like the idea of the historical factions. Because, yeah, there's a Norse uh, uh, faction in here. With like, uh, is that a bear or a sloth? I think that's a polar bear. Okay. But I can't tell. You m- might be... It's got to be a polar bear because they're Norse. Would you really go fighting, go into battle? That's I was just thinking about that. Yeah, giant armored sloth is yeah not not your (laughs) shock troop. No, but there is that that one in the spacesuit that made a meme. Anyway, that's your uh, that's your siege weaponry. Yeah, there is. um, I'm reminded of uh, what was that movie uh, and series of books, The Golden Compass with his dark materials. Yeah. Oric Berenson or whatever was the guy. Else. That guy was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You know, he had armored and he was a bear and yeah, and he didn't take any gruff. No, he did not. <laughs> so this looks really cool. Uh, you know, I I'm curious. Are the models? Of course, looking at this, these are probably just 3D renders, so you really can't tell, like if it's multi-part, like where the seams are and how well they go together, what they're made out of. But anyway, this is from Nerd Palace Games. And, uh, yeah, check it out uh, after you finish listening to this show. I think it's going to be cool. And like I said, I'm going to try to interview him this weekend, and if that works, I'll just throw it up as a standalone interview. I tried to get him to do it, I think, uh, tomorrow, but he was he was unable to do it. So, oh, well. So I was going to sandwich it in in this show, but, you know, it didn't work. Anyway. The next thing we have is we're going to Dice Con, Dice Tower Con in a couple months. Uh, in fact, yeah, it's less than two months now. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I just bought my kids plane tickets to fly from their moms to Orlando. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still haven't worked out like what all I'm doing. But I have like scheduled some games um, already. Yeah, I, I need to get huge... on and do that, too. I had this huge freaking list of, like, these are things I own that I haven't played. Yeah, and you should look at my uh, Board Game Geek uh, owned list. Okay. I've actually, it's all, um, it's all accurate now. So I didn't quite realize that I have that many 
games, especially, and it's really sad that that many have never been played. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I was just saying, just as a heads up, um, the I believe the con starts on Wednesday. Uh, the night before, there's kind of open gaming that happens uh, at a different building there at uh, the well, it's, it's at the um, Caribe Royale Resort in Orlando. So they have several different buildings there. There's their main building. They have uh, there is some open gaming that'll probably happen there uh, the night before. Okay, that's cool. And of course, you're staying in the hotel, right? Yes. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, so. Me, me and me and Richard are staying offsite mm-hmm. separately, but yes, we are staying offsite. Um, I have yeah, I have this huge list of things I want to play. What I that I own that I want to bring and play, but the things that I really want to demo. Uh, number one is Root. Yeah, me too. Uh, so I actually did get in a um, a uh, a game for that. I've been having a lot of fun um, going through and trying to schedule things. I've been throwing a lot of stuff out there, just kind of seeing, like, well, hello, is is anybody interested in this? Because I would like to play it. Or just constantly going down through the the things and trying to find a game. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the other thing I've been doing, I discovered this at Board Game Geek Con. It's, like, literally my favorite thing for these... uh, board game geek linked cons it's the virtual flea market so it's uh as of this podcast right now the virtual flea market has 2,661 entries on it and it's all there's a separate link where it's alphabetical and whatnot where you can go through and uh get stuff man you can get some stinking deals on this thing uh the two i missed that give me chest pains over some guy sold his copy of fireball island the new one for 35 dollars. oh wow okay and the other one was some guy popped on there he was like hey um i saved all this BattleTech stuff from um an estate sale they were just gonna throw it away and i bought it for 20 bucks i'm just looking for 20 dollars for it what, was Roy, it figures or no, it was it was old books. Oh, okay, which mean, yep. Which mean mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of it in there, and the guy must have had fifty, sixty uh, books, wow. so different source books for different stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, in perfect condition. I would have paid twenty dollars for that all day long, and a guy got it before me, and so I just commented. I was like, dude, when you buy this, if there's anything in there you don't want, let me buy it off you. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. It was great because I will, you know, if, if I already owned it or something, I, you know, I turn around and like do some mixed media art or something with it. It's something I want to try. Mm-hmm. In fact, I did pick up a five dollar copy of um, Dad Gum was that um, Battle Force? Yeah, Battle Force. Uh-huh. And uh, I picked it up uh, for five bucks. It's complete. The box is just damaged. It's an old game. I think I own two copies of it currently but i was like for five bucks you know i could take the maps and stuff and do something really cool with that i think um today i picked up a copy of descent journeys in the dark second edition for 25 Mm -hmm. the cheapest i found it online was like 45 oh and uh i got a game off my wish list i have no idea 
if this is going to be any good because I put this on my wish list like back in 2009 or something like that is Batu Storm of the Horse Lords. It's a 2007 game. I bought this for eight dollars, mm-hmm. and it he says it comes with the uh, uh, whatever expansions for it. The I think the cheapest listing on um, Board Game Geek is thirty nine ninety nine. So I was like, for eight bucks, hell yeah, I'll I'll buy that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I really dig that. Um, so oh yeah, the other thing I have scheduled that I'm dying to play, and of course. This is only if the Kickstarter gets to the people in time, is U-Boot, the board game. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I really want to play that, because I almost backed that, but it was an expensive uh, backing. And I did see where... See, that's the problem with Kickstarters, is this guy is still waiting on his copy of U-Boot to get there. And a shop in my area has copies for sale. That's bullshit, man. I I hate to see that when people are still waiting to get their Kickstarter copies and retailers are already getting them. You know, no. that just annoys me. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's 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 part of the gamble that you do. I will say the NWS store uh has U-Boot on pre-order for 60 bucks. So, so, you know, real-time yeah, tabletop I'm... game of World War II submarine warfare. One to four players assume the roles of captain, first officer, navigator, and chief engineer on the board of a typical VIICU boat. So is this uh, – do you know anything about this? How does this stack up versus like Captain Sonar? Uh, I don't know. If you look at like the materials, you actually have a 3D representation of the, the, the U-boat. And you have figures that you move around. Okay. Plus a whole lot more like fiddly bits and stuff. So playable with an app too. Yeah, yeah. And a real-time app-driven board game. So I'm really excited to actually sit down and play this because that way I can go, well, you know what? I think I'm going to buy this. So uh, I think you could get this for 65 pounds uh, was the Kickstarter. And uh, I mean, of course, that whatever stretch goals and and shit like that too uh but like i said it's 60 dollars from um nws on pre-order now so so it says on amazon available for 103 wow okay maybe that's wow so it's 100 bucks plus ship plus 18 dollars shipping hmm that must be a third party but uh yeah it's this way, I'll play it and decide if I if I want it, mm-hmm. if I want to actually get it, because I love U-Boat games. Uh, I would like to play a game of Scythe, too. Do you or Richard own that? No, I don't. I've played it uh, maybe half a dozen times, I think. Have you ever played it? Yeah. No, I oh, haven't. Okay. I, I want to see, like, it and Root. I want to see what the big deal is. I think there will be so... plenty of uh, Scythe games going on, um, and you know that you can kind of uh, yeah. talk your way into. So one of the cool things that I, at Dice Tower Con that I wish they did at every con is they have a collection of little towers that you can put on your table saying players wanted or teachers wanted. Or you can, if you want, you can put, you can go to the game library, get a game that you've never played before, you know, get it all set up and then put the teachers wanted thing and somebody that knows the game will come along and kind of explain it to you. 
or if you you know you have like two seats you can put your players wanted thing up there and and uh have a full-on game so it's you know that's real i'm sorry what i was gonna say that's really cool yeah i wish every con did that sort of thing and maybe I they will saw, i saw something similar at uh board game geek con um they had the little flags and you can literally just like if you own a copy or you got it from the library walk around with it and holding that flag mm-hmm. up just through the the main gaming area. Yeah, that's so great. Uh, I I did see where um, uh, Dice Tower Con has an quote unquote app. It's not really an app. It's a website, mm-hmm. and it's mainly designed for Android. To get it to work correctly, you have to open it in Chrome on iOS. So and it does basically what you're saying. You like it uses board game the board game geek database. So you can go in there, search for a thing, and then you pull it up, and then you can say you are hosting that game, or you are wanting to demo it, or you are seeking a uh, teacher for it. So that's kind of neat. Yep. And so I'm on iOS, and I actually could use it uh, fairly easily, but I did not happen to see that much use of it so maybe that's something that will expand this year um but really it's more through the uh the board game geek you know scheduling thing and then just uh, there's a lot of pickup games that happen too yeah uh and like i said you can schedule a lot of stuff now i mean we're like two months out a little less than two months out people are already you know games are being scheduled Mm -hmm. all this virtual flea market stuff uh, fills up. That's what I talked about at Board Game Geek Con. It's it's like where you go into this room with um, uh, envelopes full of cash <laughs> with people with people's names on them, or you have like you know you're toting your own crap around that you have to sell. You know, I've sold a couple of things mm-hmm. already, and I have a ton of stuff listed on there. So I really hope it it you know I can get all that moved. It would be nice on the virtual flea uh, market. Get- you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I've sold two things already so far. So, mm-hmm. and then bought like three. So, mm-hmm. it'd be cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, uh, the other thing that, uh, I, the other idea I seized upon today, and this was kind of a kerfluffle, was I thought it would be a really cool idea to, uh, run a contest while we're at Dice Tower Con. It would be essentially, um, not because I did not want to step on anyone's toes, I approached the vendors at Dice Tower Con and said, "Like this is what I want to do." And so it's we're we're going to run a contest where basically you have to find me at the convention. You can follow us along on, on Twitter, but I'm also going to use the Dice Tower Con 2019 hashtag. Mm-hmm. You come find me, and you hand me an entry. The entry needs to have your name and your cell phone number on it. And we're going to do this the whole con. And either Friday night or Saturday, I'm going to start drawing for stuff. And I thought this was a really cool idea. I fired off emails to like 92% of the exhibitors Mm -hmm. before I got a message from Molly. (laughs) Okay. Molly is uh, somebody that helps out. Molly Malcolm helps out the social media for Dice Tower Con. And um, 
a, she messaged me was like, you know, this sounds like a really cool idea, but have you asked Tom if you could do it? <laughs> so, <laughs> record scratch, you know, and I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, I didn't even think he would care. She was like, you know, you have to understand your podcast, so technically you're, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of a, a competition or whatever. And I'm like, we're not competition for the Dice Tower. Yeah. We're, we're competition we're, like Macedonia's competition to uh, the United States. Yeah, it is funny, though, because it's like when you want to talk talk up your show to, like, the vendors you know, or somebody you're trying to get something from, you'll be like, oh, yeah, we have, like, millions of fans. Like, Roy, my co-host, he has, his own group of fans are called Roy's Rockettes, and, you know, they have meetings every Wednesday night and blah, 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 you know. So you tell them stuff like that. but I have to carry a can of pepper like... spray everywhere I go to just to feed, <laughs> fight off the, uh, the groupies. I know. So but when you tell people, like, you know, you want to have a low profile, like, oh, no, 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 we're no threat. You know, so you're like, oh, no, we're, we're a really small podcast. And the reality is, is, yeah, we are extremely small compared to the Dice Tower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, good Lord. I mean, I don't know who would actually be in board gaming would be a competition for them who's that big you know that that still does that stuff well that's but, tom's yeah, business so it, and we're just three guys with a weird hobby i know yeah right is, yeah. <laughs> he does this for a living and it was interesting to see like when i looked him up to like have to email him he's 42 so he's a year younger than me mm-hmm. i'm like all right dude you go so anyway i emailed him and i you know it's it is it, play, it plays into the fucking anxiety and shit i have to you know because i'm like you know, this guy, I got to email this guy because I've already asked for stuff. Okay, yeah, I've already asked for stuff. And, I, you know, so I got to eat. Now I'm basically asking for forgiveness mm-hmm. at this point. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, have I ever said anything bad about him? And I'm like, no, no, I, I haven't. I mean, we joke around with like, Steve Jackson and Cool Mini or not, and that's about it. And I'm like, you're saying, I'm like, oh yeah, we've said some stuff lately. And I'm like, no, I don't. We, no, I can. I don't think there's been anything bad. So you know, your your anxiety comes in, and you know, and all that. And it tells like bad stuff to you when you're doing this. So I fire off this email, this very apologetic email, like, you know, hello, Miss Mr. Tom. <laughs> um, you know, my this is a big con for us. We're we're gonna be there. We're gonna meet each other for the first time. And oh, my brother lives in Orlando. It's a fun family exhibition for me. And golly gee, sir, if you wouldn't mind, you know. And so, okay. And then he didn't email me back for like hours. And then I'm like, I'm like, oh shit. What if he's like listening to the show? And he's like, not that you know. I mean, we we, we you say, I'm like, Royce has something about his hat. Oh. He's not gonna like that. That dude's got a lot of hats. He's got a lot of hats. Yeah, it's just a joke, but you know. But I'm like, no, okay, we you didn't say anything bad about it. But what if he's just like, you guys suck, you know, and I don't want you there. <laughs> and I'm like, just get that email notification, like, your ticket has been refunded. Like, what? You know, so and he finally messaged me back. And he was like, no, no, it's great. It's great. So, yeah, it's, that's a fun idea. You know, just run, run whatever contest you want and uh, talk to whoever you want. I don't care. But... Uh, I will say, don't ask the exhibitors for stuff. And I'm like, oh fuck, oh mm. really? Because um, the bad, like I said, I've already asked like 92 percent of. It. And the the crazy thing is, is like at least 
half of them responded like, yeah, no problem. What you want? And because he's like, look, you know, I, I want this to, you know, be a place where they where they like it. And, you know, nobody's bothering them for stuff. And, um, you know, and I'm already asking them for there's like a memorial thing. Oh, yeah. Kind of auction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that thing. So, man, I feel like such an asshole, you know, at the, at this point. I'm like, oh, OK, OK. I'm like, OK, I won't bother them anymore. And so I guess I have to mention the ones that offer this stuff like. Look, uh, I talked to uh, Tom, and he was like, he didn't want me to do this, and I'm really sorry. So uh, you don't have to give me anything if you don't want to. <laughs> but um, the, I mean, the great thing was like, what started it was Richard Borg is going to be there, mm-hmm. and uh, that really cool space game he put out with uh, Plastic Soldier Company. We've talked about Red Alert, Space Fleet, something like that. Mm-hmm. We talked about it before. Yeah. I just I just hit them up. I was like, look, we're going to this con. He's going to be there. We're going to interview him. Would you mind if we got a copy of this to give away? And this is like a $130 game. The guy emailed me back like 15 minutes later. He's like, no problem. What's your address? Wow. So, yeah, yay, that's cool. I'll have that to give away. Mm-hmm. And I'll I actually have to mule it there myself. But Because, um, I mean, that's the, the other thing with, with these um, vendors and whatnot. And other companies like i said you know i've mentioned this before i don't want anything for myself because i'm not going to review it you know i'm not going to play it there's no sense in giving me anything free however if i could get something free and give it away to someone who's listening i i think that's a lot of fun Mm -hmm. you know it's it rewards the audience and stuff like that like that dragon our good friend is going to give away you know Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so stay tuned to the end of the show so anyway I, I when I'm talking to these vendors, it's like, look, you don't actually have to. They're like, what do you want? I'm like, I'll take anything. You know, give me a fucking pencil, a mug. Well, I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, it's, we're just giving it away. You know, something big, something small. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, a t-shirt. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, you won't actually give it to me. I'll just tell you, like, hey, this is Joe Bob, and he won your widget. You know, your copy of Widget Maker 3000. So there you go. And I'm like, and if you don't want to do it, don't do it. You know, just just a thing. So anyway, we are going to actually run that with some other outside vendor help as well, plus all the other companies that signed on and said yes. Oh, all right. <laughs> so we'll look forward to that. That'll be that'll be fun. You know, kind of fun thing. Yeah, because I'm just gonna bring bring a backpack with some kind of little lunchbox or something in it to stuff stuff in. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I will say uh, I noticed the other day when I got a shipment from NWS, that store that me and Richard talk about a lot, he was based in Orlando. So I messaged him. I was like, hey, buddy, you going to be at, at Dice Tower Con or whatever? Long story short, no, he's not. And he's a real private person because I was like, dude, we would love to meet you and interview you. And we'd love to shoot video. What does the NWS, uh, uh, you know, uh, warehouse or whatever look like we would love to do this you know we want to know we know you're a one-man band we want to hear your history so he's like nah i'm a real private person just me and my wife but you know big time hermit so thanks but no thanks no. i'm like okay i don't blame you you know we're weirdos from the internet that you know <laughs> he's, he'll pull my you know my my order list is like did i short this guy in something is he gonna take one of my kidneys no i mean i get that too because I mean, it's like if you out there listening to this want to meet us at Dice Tower Con, that is cool. Uh, I could absolutely arrange that, but it will be in a public place. 
where it's well lit because the internet has weirdos. So, anyway, so I think I've killed Ren Dice Tower into the ground. Yes, Nobody knows you're a cat on the internet. I know. Me and my co-host have to figure out what we are going to play, and I really think we, you know, it'll be whatever we own between us, or I guess what we could get from the library too. Mm-hmm. But it should be, you know, stuff that we've talked about a lot on the show. I really think we should do um, Brave Little Belgium. I've never played it, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, we talked a lot about that on the show or some other stuff, and uh, yeah, I like I said, I'd love to play Root. Have you played Root? I have not. Nope. I think Richard has. He, um, I'm he done, has I'm a copy of it. I don't remember. Hmm. I'm not sure. I, th- I, I think a, I think his well, friend yeah. does. We're gonna work on that, and uh, I would would love to host something too. I think that would be fun. You know, if we had enough audience, I swear. I'd love to like do uh, like a a dream phone, Barbie's dream phone tournament or something like mm. that. Just some dumb game, you know, where like drunken connect four <laughs> that we do at like three three a.m. in the hotel lobby. You know, that, just something like that'd be fun. You know, but I don't know. We're we're not that big. We're not dice tower big <laughs> at all. So I don't know. Yeah, I just want a cult cult. Yeah, yeah. I just want a cult following. That's oh. all. It could be a small cult. But a cult, nonetheless. You want somebody to sacrifice a, a, a small, defenseless animal to you. Yeah, something like All that. All right. Yeah. Oh, sp- speaking of, uh, after the last show, we do have some new mer- uh, merchandise, a new shirt coming for Dice Tower Con. Uh, just, I got the graphic. I just need to work on the phrasing on what we oh, we're no. the first. Okay. We're the first podcast. Yeah, so that's coming. We'll, we'll have that. Okay. So, so moving on to actual news. I think we talked last time, but I kind of wanted to link these two things. Uh, Steve Jackson Games grossed $5.3 million in 2018, and this will be two different links here. However, ICV2 reported uh, his sales have declined for a fourth year in a row. So, uh, I said by the end of the year, they're a stronger position than expected. They cut staff, reduced print runs, and are focusing on more successful titles. It is interesting, though. Like, I thought the Munchkin collectible card game might do well, but apparently it did not. Uh, it appears, let's see, a uh, move described as a serious blunder in listening to initial feedback. And uh, yet again, uh, they did manage to transform profits into inventory. And Munchkin Magical Mess sold less. Uh, and I, I will say maybe at this point we've reached peak Munchkin, maybe? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's kind of a lot of other similar games out there, and I think they've done pretty much all you can do with Munchkin. I don't know. It seems like I see half a million expansions for it and different flavors for it and all that, but I don't know. The article does go along to talk about like Kickstarter being a bright spot in the company's performance, bringing in over $800,000 from nine projects. Perhaps more importantly, helping to assess demand before printing new products. <laughs> well, you know, you can do that via like GMT's P500 system too without asking people to prepay for it well i mean you are asking them they're just not charging it you know you can assess things out so the the p500 means that when they get 500 orders then they that triggers a print run right and then they charge okay yeah yeah. 
basically what it is, because like I, I finally did it, but it's for an electronic version of a game. Um, Richard, uh, I think, does it a good bit. Let's just say he does, because he's not here to defend himself. Richard P500's everything. He can't get out of bed without pre-ordering a... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so, um, it's... Yeah, you go on there, and you're like, I'm Roy, and I want a copy of War Galley. But it's out of print. And so, I sign up here, and you enter in your credit card. And there you go. Mm-hmm. And once 499 other people do that, they will charge your card and do the print run. And in about a month, month and a half you'll get a copy of the game okay just like that mm-hmm. you know i guess the only difference is is you're buying direct from the company so you know you're not getting like well they do offer a discount i'm sorry when you do a pre-order it like that i think it's somewhere between 10 and 20 percent so it's not like you're just paying straight retail for it. So I think that's a, that system's a winner all around over Kickstarter. Because, you know, when you do Kickstarter, they get their beak wet. You know, they take 10% of whatever mm-hmm. you do. So I don't know. But anyway, that's how it is. And unfortunately, Richard's not here to tell us more <laughs> about that because he's the expert. All right. So apparently Gen Con is doing some pop-up uh conventions at retailers you know here and there Uh, they're doing it like with this uh partnership with alliance game distributors which is you know one of the bigger um distributors out there if not the biggest and uh yeah it's they're gonna do 40 game stores and you can do um you it's like gen con where you can play pre-release copies of uh, games, plus they're going to stream stuff from live from the convention center. So <clears throat> that's kind of neat. So uh, I was kind of hoping my local store would get it, as they're kind of big. They're kind of big with um, Alliance games too, but unfortunately not. So is there a list somewhere of the different stores that will be... Uh, I, the press release doesn't say anything about it. I know. You would think it would have like a link, like check your state here. Yeah. Maybe it's not all decided mm-hmm. yet. That was kind of know. my my guess. Yeah, I guess so because everything I'm pretty much googling here is just regurgitating the press release. Mm-hmm. So I guess they haven't decided. So, but we did ask uh, my local shop, and they're like, "Nah, we're not doing it." They appeared to know like what it is, and you know, so there you go. And, um, all right. The next thing we had was, what was the title of this thing? Everybody was talking about it. It's this uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. It wasn't really a, it wasn't a ripoff, I don't think. I thought it was an actual game using, uh, it was like a Game of Thrones card game. Yeah, and it was, I, I don't really know that much about it because everything has been made private. Um. Game of Thrones, the card game, has been suspended and hidden for privacy. Um, so somebody uh, put on Kickstarter a, uh, a campaign for this Game of Thrones game. I believe they used, like, the screenshots from the from the show. Uh, didn't say, hey, Fantasy Flight, hey, HBO, can I license, you know, anything from you? And I don't really know that, that much about it other than... Uh, it just kind of was a, a like a tire fire of a Kickstarter campaign. 
And then the uh, the creator had put forth a uh, some kind of a streaming video that he put on YouTube where he was rude and abusive to his family. And so then the police <laughs> got involved and there's just – yeah. What? <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's a uh, – let's see here. You can't make that stuff up. I will say um, it – apparently what this guy – did was he wanted he wants to make this game he has an idea for this game and part of his uh kickstarter was to fund buying the uh get licensing it and uh so what happened is you know it's private on on kickstarter he has gone over to indie Go go, mm-hmm. and you can we'll have this in the show notes oh did I, you it okay. may not even find it there too yeah it yeah, it may not be up by the time you uh, hear this. It says, remember, I do not yet own the license to a Game of Thrones card game, but I am currently trying to get funding to borrow the licensing just as FFG did. Um, I mean, I get that. I do. But it's kind of a thing where you run into... I mean, do you even know what you're doing? You know, because you may find out, well, FFG has the exclusive rights to uh, any card game that it, that is made uh, from this IP. You know, who knows? Well, there it is. <laughs> what okay. it is. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I can't, yeah. I, I don't know. This is funny to me. And I will say... Um, if he could do this, maybe I could do something, <laughs> you know, uh, do do something similar where I do my own Star Wars card game. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to talk to Disney. Once you guys give me half a million dollars, I'm going to talk to them and see about getting the IP. <laughs> I don't know. It, and I think it just, you know, it was probably some dumb guy and this normally would not even, you know, have even raised 20 bucks. But what happened was, you know, people just started retweeting it and whatever, and apparently they sent it over to um, uh, FFG, and they had it taken down, and yeah. So yeah, he's using screenshots, and he's basically cut, literally pasted them on cards to to make this, and ugh, you know, it's it's all there. There are no backers yet. I don't. I'm, I'm confused <laughs> well, why that is. Well, as of this, he. He's he's raised ten dollars. So he's uh, suggesting that a lot of these, uh, a lot of the his product is going to be signed by, by the actors, which. Well, uh, I think it's just not necessarily the product, but just an autograph, like a Faye Marseille. I don't know who that is. Uh, signed autograph uh, for only twenty nine bucks, and. Um, yeah, he's, he apparently has a hundred of these, or can get a hundred. Yeah. The Arya Stark signed photograph, which she's a fictional character. Wouldn't it be a what, what's her name? Maisie. Actual Maisie something or yeah, other. Yeah, Maisie William, whatever. Yeah, her. Uh huh. He's, he, he's got three hundred of those supposedly. He's got an eight by ten Peter Dinklage, same. Oh, and a Kit Harrington book. Uh, that you can get for a hundred bucks. Not to mention, you know, a sword replica. Oh, a signed George Martin, not George R. R. Martin book song. What is a book song, Roy? 
<laughs> is this guy named this guy named George Martin, whoever he is, did a song about a book? This is Martin Guitars. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, there's only ten of those, and he needs eight hundred large for that. I'm sorry, not large. Eight hundred bucks for that. So, yeah. I mean, it, this is kind of like one thing that it, it's so bad it's good, you know, it, that, that kind of thing, and yeah, so. <laughs> but yeah, this this was like the big topic uh, about a week or so, uh, you know, a few days mm-hmm. ago. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, maybe I should do that Star Wars card game. Yeah. It, it'll just be like memory, that's all it is, is I'm going to take like, screenshots and cut them in half and glue them on the back of like playing cards <laughs> and it's just just memory it's star wars memory and you have to flip it and i need half a million dollars so to i can purchase talk a to license Disney about... yeah yeah well no just to talk to them about possibly getting the license <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh in lighter news um WWE HeroClix is coming, and this just like really entertains me because I don't know if you know this, Roy, but all HeroClix are the system is all interchangeable. Okay. So because of this, you could actually have like Andre the Giant fight the Starship Enterprise <laughs> because. Their whole thing is is interchangeable. So yes, you you by that rationale, you can have Andre the Giant fight the Starship Enterprise. Or I I used to my used to go to was uh, Batman. Batman fights the uh, Starship Enterprise. So oh, wow. there you go. Of course he would win, but you know. And uh, that's probably the last IP to come to HeroClix. Uh, have you ever looked at those or anything? Uh, you know, I used to have some of the. Uh... Well, the Marvel and the um, well, they had a Dark Horse line too, and DC. So I had a few of them yep. back in the day, back in the um, back in the very early days of of HeroClix. I think I probably still have them around somewhere. The uh, the paint job on them is like always just abysmal. Oh well, like whatever poor Chinese kids are painting those, they're not they're not doing a good job it's they're they're really really bad it's to me it's kind of like a suggestion of a paint job you know where it's like well this sort of matches batman's color you know i guess they don't really get off on the sides but there's like really really no details and anything they have to put eyes on is really really bad a dot yeah and like one will be bigger than the other so it looks like you know he's like really surprised on the left side i don't know uh, moving on, our close personal friend over at Stonemeyer Games, Jamie Stegmeyer. Look at me getting that. Oh right. wow! Richard would be proud. He would be so proud of me. Somewhere right now, yeah. he's he's, he's like, "There's a great disturbance in the forest." Good for you, man. Yeah, he uh, is refusing to sell to retailers who spread false information about the company. Well, uh, he's he's not refusing. He's reserving the right to refuse to sell, I think. Yeah, that, I guess that would be more accurate. Refusing just sounds very dramatic oh, yeah. and that's been that's been the the lead on uh, these news articles is refusing. I don't know how that works. Would it be like, "Hey, Jamie, I want to buy this." And you're he's like, "No, I will not." So, it's just he kind of just reserves the right. 
but you know the story, like what happened? Well, it's it's over wingspan apparently. Oh yeah. And is it are they is the rumor that they're kind of holding back on production of it to make the drive the cost up or something? Well, okay. Um it I mean, we covered the original story with this when wingspan hit. Mm-hmm. It was a surprise a smash. Yeah. You know, this this everybody freaking wanted this game. And, and that was a surprise. It was such a surprise that he did a press release talking about like, well, look, guys, this is what happened. Um, you know, I only got X amount of pre-orders, so I only printed Y amount of copies of the game. And then he went on to say, like, but no worries. This isn't, like, a limited edition game or anything. I'll have more in, like, two months. And so, you know, supply the law of supply and demand, people really wanted this game. And so if you were lucky enough to get it, you could get a lot of money for it. Mm-hmm. So two bad things happened. Um, number one... Retail, when people came to these particular retailers, whoever they are, you know, Jim Bob's Comic Depot, uh, I want a copy of Wingspan. He's like, look, man, you know, Roy, I would give you a copy. I, I would totally get you that, but I I can't. And it's it's Stonemaier Games' fault. It's, it's their fault, you know. They, uh, they're saying that, you know, uh, they're, they're holding back copies to drive demand and are probably selling it on eBay or something, you know. And, um, it, we'll post this Reddit thread talking about it where Jamie Stegmeyer actually comments on a lot of these different things. And, uh, so, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> you know, Roy, because of this, I'm now actually interested in this game. What makes this game so great that, you know, people, everybody wants it, and people have to lie about not having it, and, you know, just throw shade on the company and all this stuff. What? Why is it so good? I, you know, there was a, an NPR article about, a, about how it, um, yeah, I don't know. I would love to give it a give it a playthrough though. Apparently it's it's freaking amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like I said, two things happened. One was that is they were lying and saying that it it's all on Stonemaier Games. It's their fault. It's their fault, you know, or we we would have it here, Roy. You would have a copy, but it's Stonemaier Games. And the other thing they were doing is when these retailers actually got copies instead of selling them at MSRP, they were um, jacking up the price and selling them in store and or eBay, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, that's basically, I don't know, scalping or whatever. But uh, so, and then they may actually uh, have lied and said that, like, well, Jamie changed the price or, you know, what on it. It's, there's a lot of different things. And uh, you, you can read all this in the uh, the Reddit thread uh, with him talking, and um, yeah, and that's kind of where it is. So he's reserved the right to be like, well, you know, these, and he says multiple retailers mm-hmm. have have done these kind of things, and I guess he has an idea of who they are. I mean, come on, it's if if your local shop is, you know, kind of ripping you off, I mean, it doesn't take anything to take a picture of it. 
and then send it to him and be like, well, look, they said you jacked this price up. And he'd be like, no, I didn't. What shop is that? And so, you know, mm-hmm. there you go. And, uh, yeah, so he's going to not sell to some of them. I mean, I, I'm i going to assume places like Alliance, you know, and, and whatnot, other distributors, Golden and whatever the the other one is, are okay with it, but... I'm ass- I'm assuming it's going to be people that had you know just individual accounts that were buying directly mm-hmm. from them. Yeah. Uh, oh, the other thing was they oversold pre-orders, knowing they would not be receiving enough stock to fulfill them, and then turn around and blaming Stonemaier Games. So it- it's stuff like um, you know, hey, you you sold like ten pre-orders of it, and then um to Joe Bob's Depot and then uh, Jamie they only got five or whatever mm-hmm. and then they turn around blaming on him well I got I ordered ten he only sent me five it's his fault <laughs> so uh, the other thing um, in here in the red thread and I'll try to pull this out and link it separately was uh, the board game geek thread where people were complaining about uh, Amazon getting copies and they're friendly local gaming store not getting it and again blaming jamie telling amazon has a first crack at it uh instead of actually sending it to um you know the the local stores and jamie says we did not sell directly to them we sell to distributors and then distributors sell to a variety of uh, retailers including amazon so boy (laughs) So yeah, I I I want to know, Roy. What is it? Why is this game good enough to cause people to fight? So I've seen, <laughs> I've I've seen an actual physical copy, twice I think, and I was not able to to play it then. It was uh, everybody was, uh, all the seats were taken, but yeah, I would I would love to give it a playthrough just to kind of understand why why everybody loves this game. I think the only thing I know about it is um, it it comes with a dice tower that is a birdhouse, mm-hmm. and I don't know what that means for terms of gameplay, but yeah. That's yeah. I think That's I've looked at a playthrough before, know. but I'm not sure. Oh man, but I will say in all the hoopla around it, and when it got expensive, I kept my eye out for a copy. If I saw a copy, you you damn right, I'd turn around and flip it on yeah, eBay. Yeah, for sure. But I never even saw a copy. Let's see. So, I'm gonna go to eBay yeah. and see what they if there's any available. Oh yeah. It's, or at least like you know you do like sold auction. You do the completed auctions and stuff. Uh, so there. Okay, so there is a and copy just, available see. for hundred and twenty five dollars. Um. Is that like buy it now? Yeah. Uh. 125 or best offer. Okay. 150 or best offer. So what we're going to assume is like this guy, these people paid retail for it, which what is retail? Probably 50 bucks? I think so. I see one here for 59. Maybe that's retail. Yeah. That that could be. It's either 59 or 60. Yeah, cuz it's not like a big game no. with a lot of different uh components. So yeah. there are plenty out there on eBay and they kind of all over the place as far as price. So, yeah, let me look. Let me look at sold uh, listings for um, oh, completed item board game. Yep. 
Oh yeah, they're not going for that much. Uh, about a hundred bucks, eighty six dollars plus fifteen dollars shipping. Yeah, around round of eighty to a hundred. I mean, so. yeah. Oh, although somebody got one uh, two days ago, sold it for a hundred and sixty. So yeah, you're right. They are all over the mm-hmm. place. Anywhere from a hundred to a hundred and sixty. So, wow. Yeah. All right. So yeah, we should get him back on the show. He was really <laughs> nice. He was, uh, yeah, very, very, uh, very businesslike. He was like, "Whatever you want to know about how it is, this is what this is what it is." Boom. <laughs> so, so the next thing we have is Monster Apocalypse: Empire of the Apes. And uh, a friend of mine's really into this game, and he linked this, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is my next faction." Because, you know, I have to continually buy factions for and have them painted for games I don't play. Although, because I saw this, I am trying to get this to the table um, this weekend. Anyway, uh, this Monster Apocalypse, the faction I have are the Martians, because it's really cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is basically King Kong. And what I really dig is, like, the uh, smaller apes have taken equipment from apparently the US government. Yeah, it's not King Kong, it's it's Kondo is his name. Oh, the my. ape gunners carry lo- looted artillery pieces and employ them as a human might a carbine. Okay, so they have like what looks like 75 millimeter uh, howitzers. Do you see the General Kondo and... figure? He's got a shoulder mounted like a like an ICBM on a truck. I know, man. I, I, I know. Uh, it, it's also like there's King Kondo. You know, I do like how there. If you ever watch, and I'll link this in the show notes. If you ever watch the Honest Trailers uh, thing for King Kong, the guy's like, "Where is his genitals? This is what doesn't make sense." <laughs> At least with King Kondo, there is a lot of fur covering up there. So yeah, his genitalia is ambiguous. And I can't wait to write that in the description of um. The episode. What description um, of, of all, Simeon uh, Simeon junk? Yeah, where 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 we talk about uh, King Kong, you know, genitals or something or ambiguous ape genitals. I think it will be the term I use. King, King Cock. So anyway, uh, <laughs> we can't be too bad. We have to be so. But yeah, General Hondo. Essentially, he's holding like uh, one of those uh, things that. You see in, like, Russian parades, mm-hmm. the big truck with the ICBM on the back. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I'm dying to get this. This is fantastic. I have not cared about any of the other ones they, they did, but uh, besides the Martians, because I thought they were really cool. Plus, they were really cheap uh, for my guy to paint. It was basically, like, just kind of silver and gray and with some green. Mm-hmm. But the Jungle Fortress as a, um, as a uh, terrain piece looks pretty cool, too, so... I'm going to continue to follow this and uh, pick these guys up. I tell you, I've loved, like, sci-fi apes in miniature gaming. My personal favorite, and uh, I'll link these in the show notes, were for a game called AT-43. The Carmens. Uh-huh. Yes, the Carmens. They were fantastic. There were these these apes in suits, that's uh, in space suits, and, like, old-timey, like, uh, pulp-style bubble helmet spacesuits, and they were smoking cigars. They were the coolest thing ever. So, yeah. 
I dig those. So I'm going to probably pick that up if and when it uh, makes it <clears throat> to retail. The next thing we had, 1816 Alternate History Miniature Skirmish Game is on Kickstarter. Now, you know, like I said, I, I've kind of been, you know, a little burned out on Skirmish mm-hmm. Games. and But this kind of... I, I kind of like it. The um, just the different, uh, how do you say? Just the style they're going mm-hmm. for with it. The art, the art direction. It's a dystopia with uh, wealthy and aristocrats. Aristocratic people have started a secret military campaign in order to take control over the old world, taking advantage of Napoleon's defeat, low temperatures, and the famine. So its small military commands are covertly sent out to carry extremely important missions. And so, yeah, there you go. And uh, I'm trying to see. Yeah, I love how it says it's up on Kickstarter, but then doesn't, like, actually give a link to the said Kickstarter. Oh, there's actually. Uh, oh, no, you, you have to click on yep. source. I'm looking at that right Annoying. now. So, okay, they wanted just. Basically forty five hundred dollars. Right now they got twenty nine hundred. Oh, they got ten days to go. Might not make it. Might not make Close it. Close is it? Oh, uh, so yeah. not quite halfway, or a little over halfway. I mean, basically, I mean, this reminds me a lot of uh, another game that I have and haven't got to the table. Uh, the one forty eight tactics, where it looks like um, these are going to be like very small skirmish. Where let's see, it's a fast game, twenty to forty five minutes per game. Commands consist of three to ten miniatures. Measurements are in centimeters and uses ten sided dice. Oh man, centimeters. Mm. I'll have to use that other side of the room. You know, there's some figures here that kind of look like in 40K, there's the Death Corps of Krieg. Yeah. There's some of those figures there with the gas mask. Um, oh, yeah. Really? That's cool. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. That is the Swedish Crown Commando. Okay. I don't know why he's Swedish, but I don't know. Does he have Austin? I think he's carrying Austin Powers' uh, pump there. The penis pump? Where's that? I don't see that. Yeah. Oh. It's the Swedish Crown Commando. The thing on the bottom uh, right. Yeah, I don't... Don't you love on podcasts when they describe things that you can't see? <laughs> and it's oh, that and one. Stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, I went far for that joke. These kids that are listening to this are like, Austin Powers. Oh, you kids. Ah, <laughs> uh, and the last thing was this popped up. And dadgummit, it reminded me of something I was supposed to do before I recorded this show. But, okay. This popped up um, a couple days ago. Traveler 5th Edition has made it to Kickstarter. And what I said I would do is I would actually research and see what the differences are between the versions of Traveler. And I forgot to do that. So, you know what I should do instead? I should try to get um, the guy who wrote this on Mark, what's his name? I want to say Mark Marin. That's that. No, it's Mark Miller, and not the comic book Mark Miller. This is Mark with a C, like the fictional band in um, Empire Records. Anyway, I'm just yeah. Sorry, 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 kids. <laughs> As of right now, Mark with a C wanted a measly fifteen grand, and at this point, he has almost a hundred grand. 
with 27 days left to go. Um, I kind of have... I, I was thinking about this. I was like, how do I actually feel about Mark? I met him when I was at Gen Con. And I don't... I, I kind of have negative feelings toward him, but it's not his fault. Okay. It's when I signed up for this... Uh, it was basically just character creation with Mark Miller is what it is. Because that's the whole thing with Traveler is you can die in character creation. And I thought, cool, you know, this is, there's only like five spots in this thing. And it'll be like this kind of intimate setting and we'll be able to talk to him and stuff like that. And that's super cool. But what it actually was, was him doing in groups of five, about 25, 35 different people doing this character creation thing. So you just basically got to see him walk around. He'd walk up, do something, and walk away. So I was a little miffed at mm -hmm. that. But that was my own disappointment. That's not his fault. I didn't read the fine print. Mm -hmm. But uh, with this, eh, I don't like the pricing on it. But, I mean, this is Kickstarter. The cheapest option is at 30 bucks. You get a PDF of the travel. Okay, I guess I should start over and say that this is a Kickstarter for Traveler 5th Edition. There already is a Traveler 5th Edition. This makes it Traveler 5.10. Essentially, this is a... He's gotten to the point with the rule system that he thinks it would be worth doing a physical copy of it. Because previously, you can actually get these the rules from him uh, on a CD, is how he sells mm -hmm. them. Okay. Or, or or download. So I'm assuming he thinks he, Traveler has arrived at it at a stable place at 5.10, and it's enough to do a, uh, a print book, which apparently people have been wanting. So for like 30 bucks, you get a PDF of the actual rules and like one extra... Uh, 50, again, you get more, you get the rules and some more digital extras, but it's at a hundred bucks where you get the actual three book set and they're done in the big, the big black book style, which is, uh, done like the original traveler books. Okay. So Roy, are you familiar with Traveler at uh, all? Like, have you seen anybody? No, not really. I mean, I know that, uh, Firefly is kind of inspired by traveler yeah supposed you know they i've heard several people say that that it was based on josh whedon's traveler campaign mm. okay or something yeah. and uh that's certainly possible uh i would say it it's more hard sciency than um most other kind of sci-fi games mm -hmm. okay but not complete not completely there are uh, people do supplements for it that turn it into actual straight up hard sci-fi, <clears throat> where you have no artificial gravity, so you have to you know have the spinning part of your your spaceship. The uh, the way you you don't roll up a character in the sense of you get uh, points and you put them in places, you have an idea for a character mm -hmm. and you roll to see if your idea works. And it may not. Like, you may... You're like, well, I want a military path. Well, you get drummed out. And you end up working as a janitor or something. Mm -hmm. You know? 
it's so you kind of get this rant you your character is kind of random if he survives character creation and uh the newish versions of traveler are better you know better with that but the older ones you your character could straight up die you know just die and like you have to start over oh so it's uh, most traveler takes place in the spinward marches this whole thing and it's they're aliens they have uh these lion looking aliens called the aslan and these werewolf looking ones called the varger and you know uh, probably half a dozen more dozen more and uh yeah it's 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 done like that it's very very sciencey it's it has to do with ships oh yeah and that's the other thing it's like it's you don't get a fun nice ship you get a crappy one and you actually have to if you have a lease on it your characters have to get a job to pay the lease and that's not actually you know the hook of your rpg that you're playing that is a secondary thing you have to do to you know to keep going in whatever main quest you're going on so <laughs> But people love this. It has been around probably late 70s, early 80s in several iterations. I like the background behind mm -hmm. it. I mean, this is the kind of thing I would buy, but uh, that's really expensive. Yeah. And I will say this kind of stuff from Mark, you can't get it at a discount anywhere because he sells it direct. So... um <laughs> This is pretty much, you know, you can either pay this. Now, I don't know if he, if this is actually a discount over what he will sell this for, uh, or it's the same price. So, I mean, the thing's funded now. If it's at a discount, then yay. Uh, probably buy it, buy it from this Kickstarter. But if not, it's just going to be the same price mm -hmm. from him. So, you know, there you go. Uh, I don't know if Richard's ever played it. I uh, One guy in my gaming group is really big into it. He plays every week, I think over like Roll20 or, or something like that. I was really excited for the miniature combat game Mongoose was going to do. The boarding actions, I thought that yeah, was Yeah, I kind of remember that. Was that. Did that ever happen or no? No, no, it can't, okay. got canceled. Yeah, because it was too expensive, you know, honestly. Mm -hmm. Uh, oh, the other thing that people love in Traveler is deck plans, and that's some of the add-ons for for this thing too. So you get a uh, people straight up just invent ships and sell them on like drive-through RPG and stuff. You know, this could be your ship, and so they have squares, and you may have to move your little guy around, you know, to put out a fire in engineering or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's with that kind of thing, I see it more designed. Um, for miniatures than theater of the mind but i i think for like the main part of it, it is more theater of the mind i wish i could tell you guys like what d d whatever system it uses or anything i don't i don't know and it's like i said this is fifth edition traveler this is mark miller's thing so i don't know anyway <clears throat> moving on i think that's about it have we ran out i of believe shit? it is we did oh wow whatever will we do with ourselves mm -hmm. See without Richard to hold us back. See see how much better we did. <laughs> uh, um, so uh, we now we come down to like the contest trivia question. Now before we ask the question, Roy, if you will tell them like how they're supposed to respond, how how they answer this question. So this is a, a relatively easy trivia question. That's a single word answer. 
you take that answer, you go to uh, www.alterdementia.com and look on that page for the entry uh, form. And then there's a there's a form there that you'll fill out um, and uh, you'll send that to Mike and he'll collect a number of responses. And it escapes me when we're going to actually do the drawing, but I think it's probably uh, late June. We'll probably know better next uh, next episode. Uh, but so he'll collect uh, however many entries he gets, and then he'll give us the list of names, and we'll just randomly pick one, and you'll get a cool dragon from Fat Dragon Games. Awesome. And while you're there, cool you can look around and maybe order something from Mike uh, using the discount code COG2019. Sounds great. And what is the trivia question? Oh, I could say it. I you say you it. may. Um, <clears throat> in the film, How to Train Your Dragon, what was the name of Hiccup's dragon? I don't know. Was it Steve? <laughs> Steve? I don't know. It was Richard, yep. right? It was no. Trapeer. I don't know. I don't know. So if you know the answer to that question, head on over. And if you, if you have some trouble with the actual thing, like you're driving down the highway and you're trying to spell out alteredementia.com as you swerve in and out of lanes, just wait and you know we'll have this linked in the show notes you can just click on that and they'll send you right there and boom bob's your uncle there you go so yes so um after this i should have uh, an interview with the the nerd guys about the uh the dinosaur mm-hmm. game and uh, uh hopefully have that posted probably like boom like right on the the heel of this i would say all right so look uh, for that i know okay Double du- double uh, chance of gaming in the week. It's just amazing. You know you love it. So uh, yeah. So there we go. And uh, oh, it's the end of the show. We did. Yeah. Hour and did half. Richard two still, hours did, even. Did, did he? Did he? Did he quit? I don't know. I can't. No, we need rumors. Richard. No, yeah. He's he's the uh, the heart and soul of the show. We can't do you without betcha. him. <laughs> All right, guys, we will see you in a couple days. Don't forget to shake up your can of paint before you prime with it. Good night. Donkashane, darling Donkashane, thank you for all the joy and pain. Yeah, that's about all I know of that song.